everyone. Today we're interviewing Salome Inje. She um, plays the violin, the guitar, and um, the ukulele, and the piano. She um, aced her SATs, um, so we're interviewing you, her. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Would you like to start with introducing yourself? Yes, okay. Well, my name is Salome Inje. And I'm currently a junior at Rockhurst University, but I did grow up kind of in St. Louis in the same neighborhood in the same school district. So that's kind of my initial introduction, I guess. Yeah. Hey, um, Salome, can you tell a little bit about your family? Okay. Yes. Um, I have my parents and then my younger brother. He's four years younger than me. His name is Mano. And so that's kind of our little family. <laughs> and how long did they move here? And what's been your experience um, with adjusting? Or I know you were born in India. so mm-hmm. just yeah. I think um, we moved here, I want to say, around 2008. And adjusting-wise, it was... I, I remember some of it, but I don't remember other parts. I know it was kind of easier for Mano to adjust because he just kind of went into preschool and then kind of went off from there but I I had kind of an interesting time adjusting because I couldn't really understand (laughs) my classmates and so it was a little bit interesting just trying to understand them and them trying to understand me but eventually it worked out okay I'd say especially because we were so young that we were able to adapt pretty quickly that's true. And how old were you when you moved to this country? Like seven and a half ish. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yep. Cool. Um, so would you say is your favorite family memory? Ooh, that's a tough one. <laughs> hmm. Um, <laughs> let's say what. What's your favorite um, food that your mother makes? Let's try that question. Okay. I'm sure that's also a tough one, right? <laughs> I, I actually really like her um, shrimp curry and coconut rice. I mean, but Mana both really like it. Or this is going to sound kind of weird, but I like it when she like makes mutton curry, but replaces the mutton with mushrooms. Like, <laughs> I honestly like prefer that to mutton curry. I don't know what it is, but I'm kind of in love with mushrooms. So... <laughs> yeah it's like one of my favorites hands down nice i actually kind of um um, it's in a quiet taste i feel but it it is yeah it does remind you of a little bit of that texture of mutton right yeah (laughs) um um, (laughs) shara's like oh mom got an idea now (laughs) my favorite part feeding my kids is broccoli charo no no (laughs) None of us like it, though. <laughs> hey, um, trying new things can be really scary at first. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, doing it with family, it kind of reduces fear. But, you know, you're all trying to get adjusted to this new culture, mm-hmm. new um, everything. So um, are there any vague, like, strong memories that stayed with you? Oh. Hmm. I think the hardest part, I would say growing up is the idea that you're different somehow because there's this feeling mm-hmm. that you're not quite Indian enough so you're disappointing like 
your family, but then you're not quite American enough, so you don't really fit in at school. And so it's just because when you're younger, like all you want to do is fit in and all you want to do is belong. So I think that's kind of the hardest thing to adjust to growing up. But one thing that I've learned, especially the older that I get, is that like being mediocre at non-offensively being mediocre like (laughs) staying completely stagnant in your life and being complacent is one of the like least productive lives that you can live you know like you yes there might be more struggles associated with being different but how are you going to achieve things how are you going to be someone that people could look up to or do things that you're proud of if all you're trying to do is fit in with everybody else Wow. That's really good advice. That's amazing. You know, um, I just recently heard somewhere like, don't try to fit in when you're made to stand Mm -hmm. up. It's one of the things, uh, whenever, kind of this has been a thing since middle school for me, is whenever somebody asks who my role model is, I refuse to give an actual person. Because I'm not, I could say my parents, I could say Gandhi, I could say anyone, but I'm not that person. And that person has flaws. And you can't just be like, oh, I want to be exactly like that person because you're not them. Like what I like to say is that my role model is my future self because I'm trying my best to become somebody that I can be proud of and look up to. You know? Wow. So there's no point trying to become like anybody else because you're not meant to be anybody else. But as long as you become someone or are trying your best to grow to become someone you're proud of, then there's nothing better than that, I would say. That's awesome. Hey, how did you find, how did you get to that point where um, you're like, there's no point fitting in. How did you get there? Like, was there any aha moment? Hmm. That's kind of, I'm not sure that I had an aha moment. It, growing up, honestly, it was really difficult, I think, because my parents didn't obviously didn't do this intentionally, but they were kind of really overprotective to the point where I was isolated from a lot of my peers. And so I kind of, growing up, I didn't really get to hang out with anyone. I didn't really get to do anything. And so, like, it got to the point where people just would just stop inviting me to things because they knew that I wouldn't be able to go. And like, mm-hmm. and just like, as mean and judgy as kids are at that age, it's just like, I would literally, in I remember in elementary school, people would like complain about how much my food smelled. So this is gonna break my mom's heart if she hears this. But every day I would like stop by the dumpster and like throw out like, whatever was left, because I wouldn't really eat much because people would start complaining too soon. And so it wasn't until I got to middle school and I started like eating outside with my friends instead of like being in a cafeteria that I was able to like actually like eat my meals. And it it's wow. things like that. It's you don't I I was trying to explain this to Mano actually a few days ago is mm-hmm. people think discrimination and people think being a minority means oh people overtly saying like racist things to you or people like overtly bullying you but a lot of the time it's the feeling that you don't belong in a space hmm. it it really affects especially a child because it kind of like the way that other people think about you and the way the other other people talk to you is how you end up talking to yourself especially with your parents hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. And so it that's what gets really difficult. But I think for me, I'm really lucky because I have had amazing friends growing up. Not necessarily all of them. I definitely did have some pretty bad friendships. But I've my best friend, I've been best friends with since middle school and are my two best friends. And I've made some really good friends in college. And I think surrounding yourself with people that you're actually like look up to admire and admire, it kind of teaches you that the people that you admire anyways don't fit in. And they're different. And they also struggle with the same things that you do. But as long as you go through it together and encourage each other, I think that's what helps you build the foundation that you need to kind of get through it. Wow, that's deep. So (laughs) So do you you think, um, you know, having friends, maybe kind of, you know, similar background, not exactly the same, maybe similar background type of friends would help? or, Or is there any way that, you know, parents could have done something to bridge that little Mm. gap with the elementary kids or middle school kids that they're going through this cultural shift. Mm. I think it's, it's two things for me. It's one, I think this might be, I don't know if this would be a controversial statement to Indian parents or not, but I think we have to recognize that although Indian culture is great and Indian tradition is great and it's worked really well for a really long time, that's also not the only right way to live. You know, Mm. there are other cultures here. There are other ways of living that like also deserve to be respected. And if you try to raise your kid exactly like how you grow, like grew up when they're in a completely different environment, you're not going to be addressing their needs. You're you're trying to force them to be something that they might not necessarily be able to be. They, They have a completely different environment and they need a complete different like set of lessons. And so I think just kind of that openness to kind of like understand or try to understand what your kid is going through I think is really important just kind of making sure that you're someone that your kid can talk to is a hundred percent like the most important thing I think because the more you like you're someone that your kid's not afraid to talk to if they're like oh like my mom's gonna yell at me I can't tell them that like somebody at school like is saying these things then they're not gonna like reach out to their parents you know and they're just gonna suffer through alone but if they're like oh like I know that like maybe like my parents might not like this or like but I can talk to them about it that I think that's Mm -hmm. really important just like your kids knowing that you, they can ask you things and talk to you about things without like any sort of fear or judgment. Wow, that's good. Salome, do you think your parents have influenced your studies or your grades in any way? Hmm, that's really interesting. I think, honestly, I'm not too sure because I've always been more of an independent kid when it came to my studies growing up. And honestly, the more my parents tried to interfere, the worse my, like, grades and studies got. (laughs) So I'm definitely the sort of kid that was better just kind of left alone. I think one of the things my dad said growing up is something that I still remember to this day is the idea that, like, be so good that they can't ignore you. Like, you have to be extraordinary Mm. to the point that nobody can, like, ignore you or your talent. 
So mm-hmm. I think that's kind of more kind of what I've carried with me instead of just um, my parents pushing me to do things is the idea that I want to do my best wherever I am. Wow. True. It reflects in everything that you do, Salome. I've been blessed by so many of your um, amazing high standard work yourself. So, yeah. Thank you. Um, tell me about your high school. Hmm. Honestly, high school was not the greatest of experiences for me. It's, yeah. I think part of what that exact same quote, be so good that nobody can ignore you. It's, there's a lot mm-hmm. of that that's fear-based, there's a lot of that mm. that says, oh, like, if you don't do well in high school, like, things will go wrong, especially, like, worrying about the whole visa thing or the college thing or just, like, there's – I just had a lot of fear growing up. I think fear of failure, fear of not fitting in, and I think it just – it got to a point in high school where I was just, like, miserable kind of all of the time, and I I don't think that, like, many people know this, but I – have anxiety I have yet to get properly diagnosed for it but I have anxiety and I used to get a lot of panic attacks still sometimes do and there are a lot of nights where I just can't sleep like I'll go to bed and I'll lie there for four hours and I just can't sleep because I'm too anxious and I think a lot of that started from the fear of failure that like I built in myself in high school I think that's part of the thing with high functioning kids or like perfectionist teenagers is that they kind of develop this inability to accept mistakes or failure that kind of pushes them a little too hard I'm I'm definitely working on it now and I'm definitely trying to teach myself that like you don't have to take everything too far all the time like it's okay Mm -hmm. and one of the things that I heard recently is like uh, people always say like if something's worth doing it's worth doing well but honestly, if something's worth doing, it's also worth doing poorly. Anytime you're learning mm. something, you're going to make mistakes. You're not going to do things well sometimes. And you can't let the fear of failure like hold you back from just trying. True. That's yeah. True. And so that's, that's kind of something that I've recently been trying to work on and work through. Is it's I think mental health is kind of more of a taboo topic sometimes in Indian communities. And a lot of kids will just Mm -hmm. suffer through whatever they're going through silently and think that they're alone and that, like, nobody can help them. But I think that kind of goes back to the idea of being able to talk to your parents and get the resources that you need, that you genuinely, like, if you're struggling Mm -hmm. with something, it really helps to be able to, like, find the resources that you need. Like, in college, like, I've been to counseling and that definitely helped, especially, like, my freshman and sophomore year. And so... I, if there are kids that are struggling with the mental health aspect, obviously, of being an immigrant and not fitting in and all of these different struggles, like, getting help that you need from people, like, that know what they're talking about or people that can help is actually really beneficial. How would you find those? Like, who do you think would, ident- like, you would identify that, hey, I can talk to this person or... Would this be, would you trust only trusted counselors or? Mm. I think it really depends on what mm-hmm. anybody's going through. If it gets to the point where it's actually like to like affects your daily life to 
an undeniable extent I think that's when you try to see if you can get some sort of professional help but if you're genuinely just struggling with Mm -hmm. something like people have depressive episodes people get anxiety they worry about things I think a huge part of it is having a good outlet whether that be like a way that you stress relieve or someone that you can talk to to kind of talk through what you're going through I think the better you're able to process those emotions and figure out like a healthy way to live I think the easier it gets. True. Yeah, I'm almost thinking like a scheduled times, you know, scheduling intentional times to spending Mm -hmm. with the kids, just giving them those times to just vent and just talking to them. Because I think like I catch myself doing this too. Sometimes it's easy to be like oh look they're kids they all go through stuff like that and just minimize their problems and their emotions but when you're a kid Mm -hmm. if something like bad happens to you and you're experiencing it for the first time it can be pretty like world rocking and earth shattering especially if things go wrong with your friends or things go wrong with school and I think just validating their experiences is so important and just like them knowing that they're being taken seriously is really important Salome, you bring up a good point. Uh, I know uh, you were answering some Shaira's question. If your parents influence your uh, grades or studies, um, I think where she she might be coming from is, I think when she was in either fourth grade or fifth grade, she came home one day and then asking like, Dad, would you be okay if I get a mm-hmm. B grade? Like, uh, I think it's fine. Why did you say that? And then um, she says like, one of our classmates said, hey, you're not allowed to get uh, A grade because Asian parents, they beat their children up. Um, that's the reason. And then uh, she, she came in and asked me this question like, whoa, where is she? Where, where are those kids are getting this? Is that kind of stereotypical thing or, you know? I think uh, it's a stereotypical thing because it does happen in a lot of families. A lot of families put a lot of pressure on kids to do like they of course want their kids to do well in school but when it turns into the kid basing their entire self-esteem on their academic performance I think that's when it starts to get unhealthy you know there's a difference between just not trying your best and not getting good grades and then trying your best and still getting a bad grade on something you know and I think a lot of these kids are really scared that they like will try their best on something and still not get a good grade you know hey um how about like you know I know being an Indian parent something that I struggle with is like the culture at high school with um dating Mm. and drugs and so many different things What's been your experience with all of those? That's really interesting. (laughs) (laughs) You know, yeah, yeah. Honestly, (laughs) that's the thing that I've experienced growing up is just if you have a firm set of values, that's kind of what ends up determining what your decisions are in any situation. Like you might not be able to like control your child's decision in any situation but if they have the right values they'll make the right decisions and to a certain extent as a parent you kind of have to trust them to do that 
it's I, it's a really hard thing to think that oh your child might be put in these tricky situations and like it's a really scary thing but honestly it's it's something that isn't as i i don't know how to like phrase this but it isn't as drastic i don't think as a lot of people think mm. Like, I'm sure that, like, Shira has probably seen people vape and is probably like, oh, I'm never going to do that. That's disgusting. Or, like, I know I, <laughs> mm-hmm. I grew my myself growing up was like, mm, high school boys are kind of really gross. I don't think I would ever. <laughs> I'm just going to wait until mm-hmm. I'm older and see what happens then. And so it's just one of those things where if your kids have the right values, have a good head on their shoulders, they're going to know what to what decisions to make you know so true it's tricky i think it's especially tricky because it's so different than india and the whole dating culture but honestly a lot of the time it's not anything serious it's just kids just doing things that they like see their parents do and just like a lot of the times they have to like learn from their own mistakes that like oh like you know like I might want to like do this or like be like this but I saw like this person do that and that's not really a good idea and so you kind of just have to like mm-hmm. in that's a part of growing up for them is like figuring out how to navigate those true. situations that's so true so Salome yeah. uh, and your drugs are uh, you know the dating song the situation that you were talking about uh, as Indian parents you know we never experienced mm. something like mm-hmm. that when we are growing up you know things one is a generational gap the mm-hmm. other one is cultural gap you know what would you suggest uh, parents should be talking to the kids you know how a Indian parent should approach their kid who might be going through their early teens or you know middle mm. school or high school I think one it's really important to like stress the idea that the company that you keep is really important because a lot of the times the way that like kids might get into these dangerous situations is by making friends with not great people. And so I think if you Mm. find good company that obviously aren't doing these sort of things, it's a lot easier to stay out of trouble. And I think a part of it also is that a lot of these kids, honestly, it's easy to see them and judge them and be like, oh, these kids, they're doing drugs, they're terrible. But a lot of them have like really hard home lives and they see their parents do these things or they like this is the only thing that they feel like they can turn to or they're just having a really hard time emotionally. And so they join other kids that are doing things like this. And so like I have a lot of like sympathy for the kids that I've seen experiencing this and it's just it's it's hard it's really rough but they're not they're not evil it's the fact that drugs are being pushed to these vulnerable kids that are evil so I think just like making sure your kids know the situation and making sure that like they know to keep good company and stay out of trouble is the best that you can do Okay. agree yeah educating them and being part mm-hmm. of the journey with them yeah hey, how did you combat uh, peer pressure peer pressure um, uh-huh. uh, 
is I don't, I don't know example uh, i hear this one but you know you you went through this you know wearing the uh, uh, branded clothing or branded or you know even... trying to be look cool or behaving trying mm. to trying to be cool um you know music and dressing up certain way yeah. or even dating mm-hmm, being popular mm-hmm. i think that's really interesting one of the things i've noticed is that a lot of these ways to be mm-hmm. popular are really eurocentric it's you have to have straight hair you have to mm-hmm. dress like an abercrombie and finch model like you have to like act like the stereotypical <laughs> american teenager that's probably white and lives in a suburban neighborhood you know and it it's such a complete mm-hmm. erasure of culture that it's kind of it's kind of really like disgusting honestly <laughs> i think it's gross but mm-hmm. obviously that's where the whole identity thing comes in and wanting to fit in and wanting to be american um i think the way that i kind of dealt with it is kind of i don't think i did <laughs> i think it was just like oh i'm different that's just the way it is for me <laughs> <laughs> so that's interesting so you kind of adapted to that you're different and you just mm-hmm. you know came to terms so that's amazing yeah. right but i, I think, think that's enough a huge part of that is also me. celebrating mm-hmm. your differences you know like like having brown That's skin awesome. is beautiful yeah. like you don't have to have pale skin and having curly hair is beautiful and like the way that you look and your body mm-hmm. even if you don't look like a norm like a model or a popular girl if you don't own the same things that you do like doesn't mean that you're not beautiful and you don't have value and you're not somebody worth getting to know like if you want to be valued by mm-hmm. these popular kids who value material things like if their opinion matters so much to you like that's not really the way to live life you know like why why would their opinion matter when they clearly like don't have their right values in place you know so it's it's mm-hmm. kind of hard so to be true. like yeah like people are going to like judge me for being different i just have to accept it like that's a really hard thing to think but also I think I don't know like there's really no point to all of that besides just some weird like popularity contest there really isn't cuz honestly you'll grow up you'll graduate from middle school you'll graduate from high school and none of what happened there will ever matter yeah. uh, like ever <laughs> so true really. once you get to college like and once you get to more like of a professional environment the more different you are the more of an advantage you have the more like interesting the the more diverse your friend group you know so like all the things that turn into yeah. or that people tried to shame you for growing up are honestly your biggest strengths you know like that is so true yeah being in the corporate world mm-hmm. i actually relate to that because i bring a exactly. diversity of experience and yeah and, and mm-hmm. that no one can relate to it's just that they can't even fathom when i talk about shortage of water or yeah mm-hmm. i i, I so absolutely I think relate to being that. like oh how am i different um, than somebody else i think you should probably focus more on what do i bring to the table that other people can't you know kind of like celebrating mm-hmm. your differences That's awesome. That's good. Very That's well nice. Yeah. Hey, um, what do you want parents to walk away 
from listening to you today? If there are any specific pointers mm-hmm. that you could help I us with? I think like the most, the biggest thing is definitely being accessible. Like being somebody that your kids feel comfortable talking to and not like pushing them to talk about being a place that they know that they can talk to you is like, as parents, that'll be, I guess that'll help you build the most like trusting and open bond possible, you know? And I, I think a lot of that will come with you know, if your kids growing up, like, like you can punish them for having wrong behavior. Of course, it's always a part of being a parent, but I think you also have to like reward your kids for the things that they do right. Like psychologically, scientifically, mm. rewards shape the brain so much better than any form of punishment because all punishments like causes fear. And so I think the more you like teach your kid mm. to be proud of themselves and celebrate their um, differences and know that they can talk to you. And when they're in a tough situation, they can tell you and then they can make the right decision. It could be like, you did a really good job or you made a hard decision, but I'm proud of you. Like hearing the words, I'm proud of you can mean so much to kids. So I think just kind of building that sort of bond will probably help a lot more than anything that might isolate your kids. That is awesome. That's amazing. Hey, what message would you give to your younger self? If you were listening to this, you know, when you were in elementary or growing up, what would you have said to yourself? I think what I would have said is that you are loved. I I think a lot of the times that's what I needed mm. to hear that the amount that you are loved or the amount that you're worthy of love doesn't change. It doesn't change if you make mistakes. It's not dependent on how well you do at school. It's not dependent on how much the people around you like you. It's you are worthy of love at every single point. And there are people that love you. So like reach out to the people around you, especially when you're struggling and don't be afraid to do that. And don't be afraid to take risks and do the things you want to do and do the things you're scared to do. Because in the end of the day, like at the end of the day, like you're just building a better world for other kids like you you know and like you're doing mm-hmm. god's work on earth and you're trying your best and that's honestly all that matters is if at the end of the day you're proud of yourself wow that's really great cool. advice that's great advice that's amazing hey sean do you have something to ask the woman no okay I think Sam Uncle was talking about. Oh, like, wait, wait. You... I do have a question. Okay. Um, did you ever have any like letdowns or like people like trying to bring you down, like discouraging you when you're trying oh, yeah, to do something? 100%. Like people's favorite pastime is to like talk bad about you. A lot of the time, it's a reflection of their own insecurities. Like they don't want somebody feeling better than them. So they have to bring down the people around them, you know? And a lot of the times, like, people mm. say really mean things, but the less you let it affect you, the better, honestly. you People can say whatever they want about you. It's more of a reflection of themselves than it is of you. Yeah. True. Oh, oh, one thing I did want to say, though, is I feel like my family in yeah. general, like, especially with the things that I've achieved in school and academics, kind of has an interesting, like, to me, it's kind of an interesting reputation. And I think the message that I want to pass along to the kids is that, like, I'm no one special. 
I'm really not like I I'm not like anybody gifted and I'm not like somebody like I sometimes like I'm not even a good kid some of the times I'm not even a good student a lot of the times like I think it's important to know that like you each are capable of doing something extraordinary you really really are and the more you hold yourself to a higher standard and the more you push yourself like the more you'll grow wow very well said that's just that's just a message for at every yeah. level i'm sure cuz like you're such a <laughs> humble person salome you know i think that that brings to the uh, point that i wanted to ask you question you know for our listeners who who don't know salome salome aced uh, act's perfect score um would you could you tell you know your <laughs> younger yeah younger generation like shaira or her years you know what are the things that you took or would what would be helpful for them you know it doesn't have to be like perfect scores but at least do a little better with the scores or um hmm. academics i think wise. just familiarizing yourself with the test is really important like i really had to know the format of the test because when it comes to like act and things like that it's very time based And so I kind of like took tests, figure out like what parts I was really like not that good at, cough cough geometry, <laughs> and like practice those things, but also like take the test and kind of figure out what my strategies needed to be. Honestly, like I it still feels like it wasn't real. <laughs> like everything that ever happens, it feels like it isn't real. I feel like a lot of the times it isn't really me, but kind of God opening the doors. that he wants to open to send me to where he, like he wants me to be. And so like honestly just like mm-hmm. try your best, try to figure out how best you study and just keep trying different things until you find like a method that works. That's awesome. Yeah, knowing your story and how the visa situation worked and how, you know, you got into Rockhurst and yeah, everything. It definitely definitely mm-hmm. feels like a divine intervention. And plus your hard work and your yeah. commitment and yeah, encouragement from friends. Yeah. It's just Like my dad says this too. Sure. He he says that like, yes, of course, like God is always going to step in and God is always going to help us, but that doesn't mean that I don't have to try. like i always want to try my best in any situation and i want to have no regrets in any situation and god will like send use that to send me wherever that he can or he wants to you know like god has the final say but that doesn't mean that you don't have any like influence or responsibility over your actions wow very well said yeah um thank you so much for coming I mean, first thank speaking. you. Thank you for having me. We really enjoyed you. you on here. It was nice having you on the <laughs> It's my first time doing something like this. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. <laughs> no, we enjoyed just listening about you, listening about your struggles and how you've just overcome them. overcome them and and the stories that you have are just i'm pretty sure there are many <laughs> and many more to come as you grow and you know into the next but yeah it was really important for us to hear 
some of the things that you have said like mm-hmm. you know the rise in the mental health and how um adapting to the kids taking time for them helping them challenging them at the same time just sharing mm-hmm. that we love them you know this very simple uh but then yet means such a profound thing for them so uh with some things we take for granted you definitely have given us a good perspective on how to be and how to be better family so thank you so much salome for your time we appreciate thank you, you and we appreciate thank you time. so much thanks salome thanks for your time bye, bye. take care take care bye, bye.